In this episode, we discuss the ministry of magic all the way through to democracy and American government. Enjoy. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the Ministry of Magic. Let's go around the room and share who is here. Shalita here, proud Slytherin. I'm Shay Gryffindor. And I'm Tanya, your gracious Hufflepuff. Gina. Allison Ravenclaw. The Ministry of Magic is the governing body in the Harry Potter universe. The basic mission of the Ministry of Magic is to keep the muggles from finding out about an entire culture of magical folk. As we are discussing the Ministry of Magic, I'm pretty sure we will be revisiting the topic again, especially as we get into the later books. And we most certainly will devote an entire episode to Dolores Umbridge. If you know, you know. But for this episode, we are going to try and stay in the parameters of the Chamber of Secrets. For those of you who've never read Harry Potter and are listening to us as we go, the Minister of Magic during the Chamber of Secrets was Cornelius Fudge. He is mentioned in the Sorcerer's Stone, but makes his first official appearance in the Chamber of Secrets when he arrives at the school to take Hagrid to Azkaban. Even though Minister Fudge does not firmly believe that Hagrid is guilty, which we were all upset about and we'll discuss in further details in a few episodes, stay tuned. He also ends up removing Dumbledore as headmaster when pressured by Lucius Malfoy, who insisted that all the school governors have voted on it. And this is another thing we were upset about in regards to the Chamber of Secrets. In the Chamber of Secrets, we learn more about the Weasleys and get a better understanding of Mr. Weasley's position at the Ministry of Magic. He worked in the Magical Law Enforcement Department for the misuse of muggle artifacts. (laughs) Could you see yourself working for the misuse of muggle artifacts? Why or why not? Not me. That's not what I would want to do. Um, I know Mr. Weasley was very um, intrigued with muggles and knowing everything about them. But I mean, even though I'm human and equivalent to a muggle, if I was, if I were to be in the wizarding world, that wouldn't be my thing. Like I, I think that being a wizard is so cool. So I wouldn't want to know how. What's the function of a rubber duck, Harry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would rubber duck. But see, I'm opposite. Like, because, like, Shay, that's one of our things that I think we share is the whole wanting to be a librarian. Like, most people don't get that. And when I say it, they always look at me like I'm weird. But you were the first person I ever met who said they wanted to be one as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, I thought that job was cool. Like, just because I know if I was of opposite being, I'm curious just to know what the other people do and like the background. So even like you said, you know, I read the vampire books, the werewolf stuff. Not that I think necessarily those things are real, but I'm always curious, like a sociologist. Like I always want to know how another society, you know, came about and how they lived and what happened. So see, I like, I thought that job was kind of like cool to me because I'm not they get into that. Or... <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know, it just, even a librarian, 
because for me, like you would get all the see the new books come in, like you would know like what's happening in the world. Like you, you know, can't just... see that on the internet. Well, no, I know. I'm but like, how does y'all even have a conversation <laughs> about being a well, librarian? Girl, I don't know how you don't how know me because I, I, I know that you know why he rocked my world. He kind of ruled. You know, I was on another traje- a trajectory. I was going to George. I was going first to Howard to get my master's, and then I was getting my doctorate at Georgetown, baby. I was going to work at the Library of Congress. Right. National Treasure. I was going yes. to goddamn Declaration of Independence. See, baby. and I, and this archivist is what I wanted to be. Actually, yes. I went to school. I was at Clark Atlanta in their program, and in mid in the program, they dropped the program saying that they there just wasn't didn't have enough people. people. Right. <laughs> A lot of of schools don't hire librarians anymore. Like the field is kind of gone. You know, even in my school, there's a para that runs the media center. Like they don't do it anymore. But I wanted to be an archivist. Let's set the record clear. Like I'm going to work with the library. And Shay was the first person who I felt comfortable sharing that because when I said it to other people, they looked at me like I had two heads. (laughs) And I'm like, but that's the coolest job ever. Like you are in it, surrounded by books like all day. Like you check in all the new stuff. Like you get first edition. I don't know. Yeah, see, I, I, and mine was, mine was bigger than books. Like, because if you're an archivist, yes. you also learn how to take care of artifacts. Yeah. So, like, when they just open this, pull this um, Robert E. Lee statue up, they found a capsule underneath there. They send that to the archivist. Yeah. The archivist to, pro, you know, preserve right. that. And then, like, when they do archivists. No, that's real life. <laughs> Well, I will say this, that that's kind of, when I always take the um, house test, which we already, I already told you I'm Gryffindor because the sorting had let me take my opinion into consideration. But when I take the test, when it asks you what you want to study, and I always pick the history of magic, that's one of the questions that push you towards Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. So how would you feel if you bought something as a muggle and it was the witch? Or if you were a wizard or a witch, could you see yourself bewitching a muggle product? I think mm-hmm. I could. If, they, if I was a wizard or a witch, just for shits and giggles, just to see how they would react to a product being um, bewitched. Yeah. I, I, think I, that I could get into a flying car. Mm-hmm. Now, um, <laughs> what is that? Flying toaster? No, what is no? What is that? Um, the book? The, the is that what is that? The what's, the, what's the toaster? Is it the toaster that bites? What is that? The probably nothing weird like that. But yeah, the flying car. I would like as a muggle. I don't want. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> other than the car. Other than. Knowing if I had a car that could fly or a flying carpet, I don't want like like spoons stuff flying through the air. You know, <laughs> you, know right, you wouldn't want that like you know like you just forgot the spoon, you walked to the table, <laughs> spoon. <laughs> That's just the beauty of magic because yes. that's how it is. Like if you get into the whole beauty and the beast thing, you know mm-hmm. the whole that castle is enchanted and yes. it's magic. You know they everything, just, everything yeah. come right to you. But so. see, I'm gonna tell you, having LASIK, I felt like true magic because <laughs> I could not see before my con without my contacts. 
I had the surgery, I went to sleep, and when I woke up, I could see for the first time since like five years old without the aid of glasses or contacts. So that's as close as a muggle mm -hmm. as I got to magic, but it just made me feel like a magic moment. Like, uh -huh. oh my goodness, because I felt like Velma, you know, I couldn't see without my glasses <laughs> prior to the surgery. You know, I really couldn't even see if I lost my glasses to find them. So. That is the close as a muggle to magic to me. And of course, I drew that back to Harry Potter. Like, I felt like somebody had did like a little spell because the surgery was so quick. Like, it's so quick now. Mm -hmm. It's like 15 minutes to eye, you know, and then to go to sleep and wake up and you could see. So I had my little ma magic moment with that. So as we continue in the series, you will be able to form your own opinion about Cornelius Fudge, and I will not try to sway you either way. However, he just ends up being a big poop. And I can't think of anything else nice to say currently at the moment without giving spoilers away. Have you ever just had a boss who just goes with the assumption of the past and does not actually do their due diligence or research on something? I have to say in my field, no, and thank God, because just with the health profession, it's constantly progressing. So thank goodness, you know, you can't um, be stuck in the past. There's, you know, there's change, there's always change. So in that way, no, I, I can't, um, I can't relate to that. And I, I don't think I would want to work or be um, in a field where that's the way it's always been. So that's the way we're going to do it. Right. You know? I'm going to say I have, and it's, it's just frustrating because as a teacher, you're on the front lines and then someone comes in and they want to change everything and they haven't been in the classroom in ages. And it's just difficult to try to make that transition when it's like, but I'm I'm lacking here and you want to go here and the kids are still stuck. And it's just, it's frustrating because sometimes it's difficult to work with someone who's not open to change or open to say, okay, here's my data, here's my research, here's my plan. They don't want to hear that. It's just whatever they want to go with. Do you think the Minister of Magic position is something that should be switched out every couple of years like the president? Why or why not? I do. For that very same reason that you just stated, the question that you were asking about, have you ever had a person like that? Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, whereas people are good leaders, after so long, so goes the leader, so goes the ways of that mm -hmm. place. And I think that that happens in school districts, that happens in offices. So those rules are put in place for a reason. And I know we're just going on this whole historical stuff. As Shalita gave in her introduction, for those who listen to us that don't read Harry Potter, the Ministry of Magic is like the government. It's this government. It's the same as, it's the, it's the magical people's government. And the fact that in our government, a president can only serve two terms. And I think George Washington set that president and he actually said, you know, eight years is enough. We just came from a, we broke off, we became a country from a king. A we do not yeah, need absolutely. another king. So eight years is enough. And while this our podcast almost said we love President Obama, he he served us two years, you know. Yeah, it was time for him to move on, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the way it is. So I do think so. I think so. FDR was one of our yes. great presidents. I mean, yes. he did a lot for the change of the country as far as economical with... Uh, welfare and food, you know coming out of the great depression mm -hmm. yes. he helped with that but he served six he was here 16 years yeah and he did a you know great job even let's talk about cleveland with frank jackson as this mayor yeah, right who've been it for all those years and 
I know that I didn't see the growth in Cleveland as a big city that you saw in other places. And maybe it was time for some younger, fresher blood to just come start taking a look at those things. But I think that, like you said, Shay, when it's good, it's good, and we don't want to let go. Mm -hmm. And when it's bad, you're so grateful for that that That, kind of term, service, that you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to end. So in order, right. So it it does stop the progress because we would have probably re-elected FDR a million times. We would have maybe elected Clinton. I know Clinton could have got my vote for the rest of his life. (laughs) Yeah. Monica Lewinsky scandal and all. (laughs) all. Um, I would have voted for him to the day I because I've never, even to this day, I've never made so much money as I did and have such professional growth under Clinton than any other president Mm -hmm. during my lifetime. Um, So, like I said, again, just coming from that, when it's good, it's good and it's hard to let go. But to your point, anytime that you're in such a position that you could change the trajectory of the history of a people, there has to be a limitation. Because at some point, it becomes a tyranny. No, because at some point, even if the vision is projected to be well, at some point, that vision is still considered tyranny for those who don't believe in that vision. That's exactly why. So at some point, at some point, you have to back off of that. I'm just saying, like, I agree with you 100%. Don't get me wrong. I do agree with the the changes needed. But in the same sense, like you change the trajectory and we see this country changing. Like, even though we took it downside with Trump, it's, we're still on the slide, going downwards, in my opinion, um, to a certain extent, because it's it's just been so different since Obama was in in leadership. Well, so we changed that whole process. And who are we really hurting and or helping in the process? Just my opinion. Not saying that it shouldn't change. Maybe we should just maybe rethink the whole process. Maybe the people but, in their cabinet well, should change. So hard for because, change. But, but, What's hard but, for us to accept is Regina. We were, we do love, we did love President Obama, and we think he was right then for the people and right now. But that's only me and you in a yes. small population. There There's other go. people in this country who felt that, who they were, felt yes. that yes. he was not for them, and actually Trump. So we're, that's what's hard to accept. Yes, no, the same. It's hard to accept. That's the hard to accept about we being for Obama. Those people are yeah. just as down and for Trump. That's, and, the, and, that's the hard thing about being an American. Yeah, because you have to accept that. In this country, everybody is entitled to believe what, even when we feel it's not right. I don't think there's nothing right about a leader saying, I grabbed it by the pussy. Right. There is nothing Uh-oh. right about that. Like, we respect that position. It's a, it's a position of prestige and, you know, just legacy and grace and authority. Right. But so we know better. Right. Or right. so we think. But there's people who are okay with that as Americans. And that's why we get caught and up in that. Because it's so hard. We do, but I don't know. That's that's a hard. It's a tricky type subject. They probably killed Obama if he stayed in. But in not even. But even not even no, just that. But just no different than we are glad Donald Trump was. Uh, uh, you know, usurped by Biden. That we that people came out and voted. The majority of the vote ruled, mm-hmm. and we got rid of Trump because of that system. I love the system, so I have to love the Trumps like I love yeah. the Clintons and Obamas. Like yeah. that's what comes with the democratic system. I love the system. That's yeah. that's yeah. the thing. That's the rules. But let me say this: the rule isn't popular vote wins. It's electoral. Yeah. So I go back to like you say, Shay. If Again. you're a purist, I'm just saying, if you're a purist 
and your the democratic system is the best system. But we see what. Let me stop you right. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I just need to stop you. That that's part of the problem, though. So we change leadership, but we keep the same process that we've been keeping for years and years and decades and decades, which is a problem. So the whole electoral system, the whole process of it is a problem. So not even Trump itself or the idea of Trump, it's the process that we went through, which is a problem where if you keep some leadership in, in place, maybe you could change some of those other things that need to be changed. Absolutely. And so Regina, that's where you get amendments it. to the Constitution. And that's where legislation is supposed to happen. It's been a lame duck legislation for years, for the last 20 years, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much infighting. That system that you're saying, Gina, that we could do better in has not changed. But I'm just saying, globally, if you look at communism, socialism, your democracy is your best bet. Because regardless of where you're at for the people by the people if the country is in this particular role then that's what we want the majority to do when you think about the 60s think about that time frame the majority of the country wasn't there it wasn't until tv show all the stuff that was going on in the south and people really got a chance to see what was the true eye was turned on this country then we as the people made a shift made a change i think there is a lot to be done legislatively that gets us to a better place. My position though is the same way I want to be able to vote a motherfucker out like Trump, I need that same system right now as to vote one in. So so you gotta give to get. Like trust me, I knew the George Bush shit was gonna be a bad move. Like even as young as I was, I was like 18 when I voted for Clinton. Like I was young. So my thing is even then being a young person looking at politics, I knew that shit was a bad, but it was what it was. Like the same way I like the fact that we held on to him for eight years, I gotta be willing to know that this country has shown me a secular cycle. When we make progress, those people who want to be against progress, which is what you were saying, Tanya, I'm in a medical field where people want to get better and do better. So I'm in a perfect situation versus societal, which is what you saying, Gina, is progress ain't really progress. And I think politics is where you don't see the most progression. Right. Yes. I mean, right. granted, the government, even though, period. Yeah, even though I say like in education, ain't shit really changed. COVID has opened our eyes to some things besides the, the um, differentiation of growth but it's still like a one-room schoolhouse. You sit down, listen to the teacher, but we have had technological advances, but the government and politics have remained the same. And yeah. you do, you, I mean, the Constitution, when you think back when it was written, how long ago it was written, yeah. even when you're talking about now the elasticity clauses and trying to govern social media, you yeah. know, things like that, which had no, wasn't even thought of back then. And so I just think that I do agree with you on the sense that we would love to hang on to those people, but look where we we were all so gung-ho for Biden because the country had gotten to such a backslidden state with the President 45. However, look what's happening now. We might, well, I'm going to say, but the Democrats may lose control of the Senate, Senate and right, the, again. right in November again, when this comes again. again. So it's that same cycle, exactly. which the same thing happened to President Obama. Yeah, and so it's like, right. but the only thing I'm gonna say this because Regina, I know where you're coming from in your mind, like you just said, because we govern with our heart mm-hmm. and we believe in doing what's right and what we think mm-hmm. is what's right for people. Because what I'll say this, I just don't understand, and I just say this to my staff. In 2022, how are we still fighting over voting rights? Yeah, this right. is a democracy. Yeah, right. I don't care what your political right. affiliation. Yeah, right. I don't care what your gender. Yeah. I don't care what your race. Yeah. 
How is it that Why it's 2022 and we still trying to yeah. vote and pass yeah. rights to vote? Right. Right. Why? And because we, that's goes, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, like, yeah. of that's all, that democracy, though. That's that yes, same, but that's know, the thing. But again, it. Like, we, we love say, it, but in the same sense, that's what's hindering us too. The democracy. I'm not saying I disagree with them. I'm just saying that we have to be realistic what, about. But what but I'm gonna just say this. I just know issues. that regardless, when you're in a power party, when Obama was winning, we all felt like we was winning. We was ha ha he he. When the shit switched and Trump got in the office, they felt the same way we did. See, we just won for their candidate. So, like I said, I'm all for fair change ain't no robbery. Same way I want to win and celebrate and be able to govern and push my shit through. If the people don't stand and rise to keep that tide turning and you allow other people to usurp you, then you got to go what's fair is good, see? And that's why we have to work harder to get the people to those front lines and understand. But it's what you said. She's like, a lot of people, this is why people don't understand why I love history. That's why you know what the fuck not to do it in the next day. Because you've learned what was already done and you take away those lessons. So many people are uneducated, period, dot the end. They don't get... The same veracity we vote every four years for president, we got to vote for that shit in local elections. You got to start at home because that magistrate, when you go in front of them for the, your case, that's what you voted for or didn't vote for. You, It's, it's long before you get to the president. The president affects some shit, but not every day. Even with COVID, we saw that. The governor really had that shit in his power, not necessarily the president. So you you know, this is why we had stupid COVID rules for a second. Dewan tried his best, but then he got punked by his party mm-hmm. and backed the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So that's just all I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, that's why education is, is important. But in a democracy, you have that education opportunity, whether it's fed to you in school or not, because the library open every day. Right, so when people see. tell me they don't get shit in school, you ain't school. If I was waiting on school to educate me, right. I wouldn't know shit either. But that's what most politicians are banking on right now is the ignorance. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. that people don't take that extra step yeah. to actually validate information. So that's why we are, to me, in the position that we are on, are in. Does having power and privilege lead to being a better person? Or does power and privilege mean you have an advantage over things? You absolutely have an advantage, but you got to do good with with what you're given. It's no different than what the Bible said to those, you know, who have given a lot. You know, you got to show up with that. And it's the same thing. Power and privilege obviously gives you an edge. And anybody who say it don't is lying. It absolutely gives you an edge, but you got to do good with that shit. You can't get power and privilege and then stump on people. And that's what we've seen. Like people use that to get out of, you know, situations. So you can never say it don't help you, but it's what you do with um, it. We had a similar discussion about this and I know Malfoy was being brought up Mm -hmm. in it. And, you know, using, it's basically like you're saying, using the power that you do have to help evoke change or evoke for the better, you know, not taking advantage of people. Right. So, yeah. Just like the football conversation we had. When you get in position, sometimes you got to try to look out. If really, if, if all situations are equal, then you you should try to look out because we know that, that the stack is the deck is stacked against us in other situations. Thank you for tuning in. Question is, would you work for the Ministry mm-hmm. of Magic? Let us know on our social media posts. Our handle is Lit Happens LOL.
one thing about Lit Happens LOL is that we can take any topic in regards to Harry Potter and apply it to real world events. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lit Happens LOL. Until the very end.